Hello and welcome again to Ancient Ways for Modern Days. My name is Mike Freeman, and today we jump into a brand new chapter of the Gospel of John. We are going to be in chapter 11, and uh, this is going to be an incredible chapter because we are going to see what is uh, what is really a, kind of the culmination of Jesus' signs about who he is. Uh, up until this point, there's been all of these different signs showing that he is, in fact, the, the Messiah, the divine Son of God. But this sign in chapter 11, Jesus is going to resurrect someone from the grave. And this is really a sign in anticipation of Jesus in his own resurrection. And so uh, today we're going to be introduced to some of the characters and really we're going to be introduced to the purpose of this sign. Remember, each of these signs, they are not simply miracles in the Gospel of John. They are signs that point toward the identity of who Jesus is. And so let's look at this, this text today. We're going to be in chapter 11, and we're going to look at the first six verses. Follow along with me. It says, Now a certain man was ill, Lazarus of Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. It was Mary who anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was, was ill. So the sisters sent to him, saying, Lord, he whom you love is ill. Now here, here's what we have. We have this is a this is a family that is dear to Jesus, and we, we're familiar with Mary, but but now we find that her brother Lazarus he, he is ill, and she's concerned. This is not a you know he's got a cough. This is there is something majorly wrong here. And Jesus, we need you to come because we know that you have authority. We know that you are a healer. We know that you can help Lazarus in his time of need. Well, let's continue verse four. But when Jesus heard, heard it, he said, This illness does not lead to death. It is for the glory of God, so that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that Lazarus was ill, he stayed two days longer in the place where he was. Now this almost does not make sense, right? This is like, Okay, Jesus loves these people. He says it's not going to end in Lazarus and his death, rather that it's going to end in Jesus and his glory. And uh, and so he stays a couple more days. You, you, your anticipation would be, you know what? If in fact Jesus loves this man, if in fact this is for Jesus's glory, well then Jesus is going to go and he's going to go immediately and he's going to heal this man so that man does not die. Look, this this means we, we would almost anticipate that this would be Jesus is going to go right away. So in fact, this illness does not lead to death, but it leads to Jesus healing a man who is on the verge of death. And so Jesus would go right away. But what do we have here? We have in this moment, Jesus delays for two more days. Why? What is going on here? And for us today, what is the ancient way for our modern day? Well, if you're familiar with the story, <clears throat> Lazarus, in fact, does die. We're going to find that Jesus is going to go and, and resurrect Lazarus from the grave. But, but here's what I want us to notice in this moment. In this moment, as Jesus loves these people, in this moment, as Jesus is going to be glorified through this situation, in this moment, Jesus' timing is not the timing that Mary and Martha and certainly Lazarus would anticipate. If, if this family is writing the script, they're saying Jesus comes right away because he loves him, because this does not end in death. And yet, and yet, 
This is not the timing that Jesus is operating on. Brother or sister in Christ, we're going to look at Jesus' identity. We're going to see the, the greatness of his glory. But before we do any of that, I think it's appropriate in this text to pause for a moment and remember that the things that you were praying for, the, the petitions you have to the Lord, the good things that you're asking for, uh, I'm talking about the things that you know are in line with, with who God is and his character. We're praying for people to come to faith. We're praying for our churches to, to have an impact in their communities. We're praying for godly leaders of our country and of the world. All of these things that we know, they match God's character. We are praying for these things and yet we wait. And yet the timing is not on our timetable. And yet our families are not being transformed in the way that we would see, would glorify God, would bring God honor. We wait. Why? Because God's time frame is not our time frame. Because we pray things in, in line with God's character, and yet the way those things end up working them, themselves out, we leave that into the sovereign hand of God. See, this is our ancient way for our modern day. It's to take everything that we're praying for and earnestly pray to the Lord and earnestly trust him and yet to let, let our hands release off of the, the timetable that we hold to. To trust that God in his sovereign goodness will do exactly what he sees fit for our good and for his glory. Now, this reminds us that we can trust God. We can trust God when things work out the way we want them to, when we want them to, and we can trust God even when things do not work out the way we want them to or that the timeline does not keep up with what, when we want God to work. This is our ancient way for our modern day. It's to remember that God is God, that he operates on his timetable, and yet we can trust him regardless. I, I hope you take this to heart. I hope this brings you encouragement. I pray, pray that this leads you to zealously pray and seek God and continue to bring your prayer request to him, knowing that he will answer every prayer request according to his timing and his goodwill. And this is our ancient way for our modern day.